Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the FPC Raiders podcast. I'm your host, Terrence Biggs. Before we get started on Raider-related stuff, I want to extend our heartfelt sympathies to the families of Hall of Famer, former Vikings and Niners defensive lineman slash outside linebacker Chris Dolman. Dolman passed away this week at the age of 60. He is one of the underrated pass rushes of the 80s and early 90s where you had your Lawrence Taylors, you had the Reggie Whites. Dolman flew under the radar because I think of where he played out in Minnesota where people really weren't paying attention to what he was trying to accomplish on the field. And plus, he played with John Randall. So he he lived, not in the shadow, but he lived with that type of um, specter hanging over him. Dolman... Went on to San Francisco, won a championship in 1994, playing outside linebacker role. Out of he went to the University of Pittsburgh. He was the one of the last Pitt defenders. You had Hugh Green. You had guys like that. You had that legacy of Pitt football. And Dolman will be remembered as a great teammate and a good person. And I mean, if you look at his stats, 150 and a half sacks and 44 forced fumbles is just bananas. It is a game record. He wrecked offenses for over a decade, and we like to extend our condolences to Mr. Dolman's family and friends in his time. With that said, we need to discuss the Super Bowl. Now, being a Raiders fan, this game is going to be hard to digest because – you have your former Bay Area 
co-tenants basically like being from wisconsin I always ask folks from the bay where does the bay area start and stop according to many now san francisco doesn't play directly in the bay anymore playing in santa clara but that's their argument not mine and then you have the kansas city chiefs division rival team that i just don't want to see prosper in any kind of way <sighs> yet here we are if you break it down there is no way that the 49ers should not win this game it would take a massive collapse not the 28 to 3 falcons collapse but it took a massive collapse here's why the niners have the ability to get home on the defensive line they don't really have to blitz because they have four pass rushers that can get up field and just destroy any game plans Mahomes cannot sit in that pocket he should not be allowed to sit there and just operate because he will pick you apart I think that front four will be the difference and I also think that the linebacker core this is where it burns me as a Raiders fan that you have solid linebacking everywhere in San Francisco you have Quan Alexander who came back from a pec injury the underrated Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, you have players that will make plays on the ball and they can actually cover. Travis Kelsey might not run free this game. Actually, there's a good chance he won't because that pass rush is going to just wreak havoc in the backfield. The Chiefs have a good offensive line, a good offensive line. The Niners have a great pass rush. That's a problem for Kansas City. If you flip the other way, I'm really not sold on the Chiefs pass rush. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, the three-headed running back by committee, and George Kittle are going to have monster games. San Francisco doesn't really have to outshoot the Chiefs as far as scoring because their defense will shut them down, or should shut them down, I should say. All they have to do is, when they get on the other side of the 50, score, basically. That's all you got to do. Just score. And I don't really see the Chiefs being able to block well enough to allot Mahomes at time because he's going to want to take his chances. And it'll be interesting to watch how this game unfolds. If I had to predict, which I don't really like predictions and scores because I'm not really good at it, I kind of get a feel for it, but I think it'll be San Francisco 34, Kansas City 31. It's going to be close. It won't be a blowout, but it'll be a close game, and I think that the Niners will win yet another Super Bowl as we all have to sit there and watch and have to listen to their fans. Now, there's been rumor and innuendo all week about who's going to be the Raiders quarterback. Actually, if you want to be honest, there's been rumor and innuendo all offseason about who's going to be the Raiders quarterback in 2020. There are weird theories and thoughts, and I want to kind of sit here and kind of jump into a few of these and let me know what you think. First, Tom Brady apparently is looking at an estate in the Red Rock section of Las Vegas, which prompts people to jump to the conclusion that he's going to be a Las Vegas Raider. Or maybe that, you know, Tom Brady likes living out in the desert and it's a nice area and Vegas is uh, an emerging metropolitan area. He also sold his house and moved and bought a house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Now, being from Connecticut, I will tell you this. 
Greenwich is one of the nicest areas in the United States is less of a statement of being or trying to buy a house there for Brady. It's just, it's a nice area. You know, it's good beaches, good neighborhoods, great neighborhoods. Like the rich of the rich live there and it doesn't say much. And for people that want to take the Brady is looking at property in Vegas as the sign that he's going to sign with the Raiders. It's funny to me. I am not a car supporter in the slightest. But do you really think that Tom Brady's going to leave the Patriots? Leave the Patriots and sign with a team that doesn't have a number one receiver where Tom Brady's had to cobble together and craft together number ones out of second, third receivers. And the Patriots right now are one receiver in the offseason and probably one in the draft away from being a Super Bowl contender again. Tom Brady is not going to leave. It's it's not happening. He's just it's not it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Some of y'all need to let this nonsense go. Next, there was thought and <laughs> somebody had the notion of I want to say with Jason Lock and Fora, but of the Jameis Winston in Las Vegas. Now look, y'all. It's it's one of those things. Jameis Winston, as you know, had a thirty for thirty season. At least thirty touchdown passes and at least thirty interceptions. He is he fits the mold of a John Gruden gunsling in the fact that he likes to fire the ball deep and he likes to take chances. He doesn't fit the John Gruden gunslinger type, but he just there's a limit of it. Jameis is extra with the gunslinging mentality. He just does not care. He will throw it to throw it. And he will just throw it and just he'll throw it into traffic. He'll throw it into four or five people just trying to force it in there. John Gruden would pull his hair out if he had to sit through a season of Jameis Winston with these 50-50 YOLO balls every time he drops back. That was funny to me. That That's hilarious because as much as all of us complain about Derek Carr, we would probably age like milk or bananas if we had to sit there and watch Jameis Winston struggle through a season in Las Vegas. I just, I can't see it. I just can't see it. Now, our colleague, FBC editor-in-chief Ian Glennon posed an interesting one with Philip Rivers. Now, it might not be as far-fetched you might think. The Chargers and Phillip Rivers are going their separate ways. John Gruden loves veteran quarterbacks, and he has always, if you listen to Monday Night Football, if you have listened to his press conferences when the first couple of years back in Oakland with the Raiders, he holds Rivers in the highest regard. He loves a competitive fire. He loves that that mentality. He from You can tell by that little gleam in his eye, Gruden sees that, Get in mentality as far as I'm trying to win every snap and win every down. That's Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has made an entire Hall of Fame career out of the fact that he's been allowed to act like a complete fool, mock teams, taunt them, troll them, and not receive any of the criticism because it is under the guise of competition and that astounds me y'all it is one of those things that you sit there and you're like how is he able to get away with this nonsense when you have just a bunch of people 
sitting there and saying, well, you know, he's just, he's fiery. It's not really fiery. It's Philip Rivers acting an ass and getting away with it. But back on the field, I could see if things don't go to Gruden's liking as far as what's in the draft, Philip Rivers is an option. It's not as far-fetched as I thought. I read Ian's column. It makes complete sense. I wouldn't I wouldn't dismiss it. It makes sense. It it, it flies in the realm of possible thought. And that's all at this time of hot takes and nonsense you could possibly ask for. Another one that was interesting to me, actually a couple more, is Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Brees is on the back nine of his career. He is in the twilight of his career. It's slowing down for Drew because he's getting older and it's might be time to do other stuff. And you can't mock him for that because uh, he's had a Hall of Fame career. He brought the Saints a championship. With that said, apparently, according to a source, which you got to be careful with some of these sources because some of their sources are just random nonsense they will find on Reddit or Twitter, but somebody within the Saints organization said that there is a thought that Taysom Hill would be the quarterback of the future. Taysom Hill is about 30 years old. That future is now, and I don't really see Taysom Hill being the heir apparent. That brings this into perspective. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater fought back from a career-threatening knee injury where his knee looked like shredded wheat. It was gruesome but he got back to it and managed to get back to where people thought he would be in his days with the Vikings Teddy Bridgewater is could be an option but I also think that the Saints want to retain him as the future starter because they have a win now team Drew Drew Brees is at the end but that defense Ill, it needs it needs work, but that offense with Kamara and Michael Thomas and Smith, the other receiver, and just they are ready to win now. Teddy Bridgewater can easily slide in, but if he's allowed to walk, Gruden might have an interest. Gruden is one of those guys where you don't he is you expect the unexpected. You never expect to. He has patterns, but he doesn't have a complete train where you're like, huh, this thought, this thought, this thought. Another one interesting to me is Marcus Mariota, the former Titans starting quarterback. After he was supplanted by Ryan Tannehill, who threw it all all over the Raiders, all over. Eric Harris is still trying to catch A.J. Brown. Mariota has a few of the traits that John Gruden prefers. First, he's mobile. Two, he shows no reticence in running with the ball. He will, if it's not there, it's not there. He will tuck and go. He will get downfield. He will make, he will try to make plays. Whereas Carr, Derek Carr avoids any sort of scrambling like Floyd Mayweather avoids the library. It is obvious that he doesn't want to be in that position. And for me, it's more of, I want to see him do more as far as scrambling. But focusing on Mariota, it makes sense. If it's a veteran minimum, come in, 
even as the backup, just it's something better than Deshaun Kaiser, Mike Glennon, Nathan Peterman, all nonsense of guys who just weren't going to play at the NFL level for long. Glennon is on how many chances? Peterman. Peterman tanked in Buffalo and got chances elsewhere, and I just that astounds me. Deshaun Kaiser was just bad in every spot. Just it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Mario to make sense as a reclamation project and the possible backup. I could theoretically see this happening. And it would possibly place pressure on Derek Carr knowing that Derek Carr, if you're honest, he was not John Gruden's selection. He's a Reggie McKenzie guy. John Gruden, to his credit, hasn't overreacted and decided to bring in his own quarterback his first year. He has allowed Derek Carr 16 games, two seasons to get this right. 16 games a year. It just It's one of those things where everyone roots for Derek Carr. We all root for Derek Carr. Everyone wants to see Derek Carr succeed. Anyone who says there doesn't, there's not a fan. It, they want to see him succeed because the team succeeds when he does. Unfortunately, one of the things that you got to look at Derek Carr is if you are super honest with Carr, there's just no, he falls apart in the second half where his completion percentage drops, his yards per tent drops. I'm not sure if it's conservative or just the fact that he just doesn't throw it. It just, it drops immeasurably where in the first half of 2019, first half of games, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions in the second half, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. And in the second half of games, when the Raiders are trailing, just with less than two minutes, his completion percentage is 61.9%, three touchdowns and under six yards per attempt. He's dinking and and dunking. And if you're honest, somebody with that arm should not be just a check down Charlie. Now, while we have a little time, I want to discuss something that Mike Mayock was quoted in saying this week. He said that first round wide receivers were overrated. That gave me pause because I think that CD Lamb should be an option if he is there. The ultimate goal is to build a competent receiver core where you have somebody like a Hunter Renfro is a good slot receiver. Built theoretically the Raiders have to piece a core around a slot receiver. Now if you look at the history of the Raiders, five times since 1968, they've gone first round with right receivers. The last time, uh, Darius here at Bay in 2009, Tim Brown in 88, Jesse Hester, the legendary Jesse Hester in 85, Mike Serrani in 1972, and Eldridge Dickey in 1968. That's it. Five in the last 50 plus years. Just five. And why is that? I hmm. they've let guys like Larry Fitzgerald go. They've, I mean, as far as not drafting them, Calvin Johnson wasn't a draft pick. But to Mayock's point, huh, it it holds water to a certain extent because there are so many draft picks and so many receivers in this draft that can immediately help the Raiders. There are, if you guess. 10 
10 receivers that could fit into different roles. Now, that is to say the Raiders have a bunch of money, 70-plus million dollars in cap space. They will spend a good portion of this cash this offseason. What does that look like as far as a receiver? Don't know. Folks have seen that the thinnest, wildest rumor is Odell Beckham Jr. once out of Cleveland. Don't see it. John Gruden wants to be the main, I wouldn't say diva because he's not really a diva, the main star of this team. And I don't see somebody like Odell Beckham fitting into what Gruden wants, even though Beckham is supremely talented. He's His Cleveland run wasn't great, and his last incarnation with the Giants wasn't great. It's it's kind of getting to that now and never span with ODB. But I think that where Las Vegas will thrive and where they should benefit is maybe if they didn't go receive in the first round. But if they did, honestly, Jerry Judy's right there. If he's there, take him. If, if he's not there and they want to trade back in the first round and pick up because there's about a 70 to 90 pick gap between the f- there's last first round pick and the and the first third round pick for Las Vegas and they might want to trade back and kind of get a second round pick one of the guys that actually would make sense our colleague our brother Malik Obi has been touting this man for the better part of 2 years Liberty wide receiver Antonio Gandy Golden is a perfect complement to what John Gruden wants. Big receiver, can gain separation, fighter's mentality, will want to truck any corner in his way and will fight for the ball. That is a name that to definitely look at. The Raiders need receivers, folks. With that said, our time is just about done. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Full Press Raiders podcast. My name is Terrence Biggs. Thank you for listening. If you like it, please share, subscribe. Thank you very much. Everyone have the the best day. Thank you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.